0: Hey, what up Long Beach? Welcome back to the Long Beach 30, a weekly podcast brought to you by the Long Beach Post and the 562.org I'm your host, Mike Gardabasio, joined as always by the hole with no holes, JJ Fiddler. And if you don't like it, you can impeach me. Each week in just 30 minutes, we bring you the best news, politics, and entertainment stories from the city where it's Halloween season. You don't have to wait another week. Absolutely. It's Halloween season. If you like the show, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave us a five-star review. Be sure to tell your friends on Twitter and Facebook. We've got a packed show this week. We'll be joined by Stephanie Rivera to talk about the dangers of vaping, as well as a really exciting new podcast she launched here for the post we're going to talk about the Billie jean king main library dedication we're going to talk about mayor robert garcia's development forum and we're going to talk about the bus driver to end all bus drivers all of that and much more after the break here on the long beach 30.
1: we've said it before we'll say it again naples rib company best in the city and obviously their food is great we've told you that if you've had it once you know we're not lying but they're also a great member of the community. Last night, they hosted the Long Beach Century Club Social, which is something the Century Club does all the time, trying to get new members into one of the best clubs in the city. And Naples Rib Company just hosted that thing because that's what they do, they support the community. So get in there, get some ribs, get some brisket, go for lunch, go for dinner, bring the family, bring some friends. Tell them the 562.org sent you.
0: We're gonna start by taking a look at the top news stories from around the city. This week in overturned big rigs in Long Beach, uh, the, the big potato, 79,000 pounds of potatoes overturned on a freeway on-ramp on the eastbound 91 and 605 freeways. This actually screwed my day up when I was trying to go out to lunch with my wife last Friday. You and a few others. <laughs> uh, just another reminder, if you're carrying 79,000 pounds of potatoes, take it easy on the on-ramp. I said something last time about the time in which these trucks are on the road. This was, this was, that was not the problem here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Really nice lighting on that picture of 79,000 pounds of potatoes on the, (laughs) on the interchange there. Um, okay. Last Saturday, a really special day in Long Beach. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get to be there kind of on the inside for all of it, but, uh, our two amazing things happened. Number one, our brand new, beautiful main library has opened downtown and number two, it was officially dedicated as the Billie Jean King Main Library in a star-studded ceremony. Billie Jean came back. Uh, it was really special. They put together this awesome ceremony. They had students from her elementary and middle schools, Los Cerritos and Hughes, do the Pledge of Allegiance and the flag presentation. They had the marching band from Long Beach Poly where she went to high school, entertain the crowd. It was really, really awesome. Um, and I'm not just saying that because she plugged my book. But that did not, that didn't hurt. That was also a nice moment for me personally. It's crazy how much that
1: she's uh, influenced the city already, and I think the one thing that the, the naysayers didn't think about is how much more she can do influentially in the city and in the world because of her past and, and more kind of because of her future and what she's doing throughout California and the nation. I mean, little girls will be able to look up to her and be like, I can own a part of the Dodgers Right. Incredible.
0: Little girls who live in the Wrigley who also are in Incredible. the blue-collar parts of the town. Yeah. I mean, and it, she talked about all that. I thought her speech was really moving. I believe the Post has a, a good chunk of it up on their Facebook if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but I just was amazed at, you know, she. We, we ta- I've, I've written a lot, and you and I have talked a lot about sort of her origins in Long Beach. Like like we mentioned, growing up in the Wrigley, Your dad's a firefighter. Yeah. And the height she was able to reach from that. But what I think was amazing to me was seeing her bring all that stuff back. Like, her actual presidential medal of freedom is in the library on display. Like, she doesn't have that in her house. She has that in the library in Long Beach with the signed picture of Barack Obama putting it on her neck. You Not know? many of those hanging out
1: uh, <laughs> next to copies of Grapes of Wrath. No,
0: right? I mean, just, she's literally the only person from Long Beach to get it. And she was like, so, it, you know, that was one of the questions that was asked of her at the press conference afterwards. And she just said, well, I want people to be able to see it. And for exactly the reason you said, it, I, I hope someone sees that in Long Beach and is inspired by it rather than me just going, for people who come over to the house, look at this cool thing I have or something. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it just, everything was thought out that way. It was part of this crazy day she had where they dedicate the library for then they have to get out of there because it was also Billie Jean King night at Dodger Stadium with a bobblehead. She threw out the opening pitch. And I thought this was amazing. She brought students from Oropesa Elementary School and Edison Elementary School in Long Beach so they could walk out on the field with her so they could be there when she threw the opening pitch. The whole thing was exactly what you said. The whole thing was about inspiration and that next generation. And it, it just was. It, it would have been special had that been like any, any athlete of that level of prominence. There aren't many of them. But for her to know the whole time, oh, she's talking to the place that she came from, I thought made it that much more just super heart-touching. Absolutely. Uh, I hope this isn't the
1: last time she's just hanging out at the library on a Saturday. <laughs>
0: um, okay. we uh, this, this came out right after we recorded last week, but I, I wanted to talk about it because it was the subject of a lot of conversation online. Um, did you see the uh, ad spot about uh, gun violence in schools that uh, was filmed at Milliken? Shockingly enough,
1: I saw that ad spot and also the Vice reporting on how they're uh, constructing schools to have curves in walls. Yes. So you can't hide behind
0: them. On the same, you saw that like back on the to same back. day. And you were like, great, great place we're living right Brave now. Brave new world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, boy, I have to say, I'm... I, I mean, you and I work primarily in high schools. That's the population we deal with. And anytime one of these stories comes up, um, anytime there's a shooting, it's obviously horrifying, and I don't think either of us can help but you know just pray and worry about, oh, my God, what if this happened in Long Beach or whatever. Yeah. To visually see the video of kids bailing out of the windows uh, alongside Snowden, right. the street in front of Milliken was like, it actually, like, I could physically feel my heart, like, tighten. You know what I mean? It yeah. was really, like... But that's the, like, that's the issue. And I think that that's, like... I, I know that hit differently in Long Beach or for students of Millican or people like me who are at Millican all the time. But, like, I don't know. I just hope everyone watches that ad and thinks about it. <laughs> because this is kids. Well, this yeah. is kids. It's an ad made paid for by a kid's. To say, like, we're worried about this. We need you to do something. We need you to figure something out about this.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, uh, in a week where we saw, uh, and I know I'm mispronouncing your name, uh, Greta Thornburg yes. uh, speak to a, <laughs> a group of older people in a very aggressive way, I'm here for it, dude. I'm going to put all of my faith in the youth of America because they're the ones who are going to decide if you do need to construct schools differently in order to keep people safe or if we're going to inexorably change our culture so that that's not necessary they're the ones who have to live with it they're the ones who get to to, to decide it so i'm gonna say here take the keys and drive because i think honestly the kids are gonna be all right
0: um, our next story, uh, also a future-looking story, although with a, a very different slate of consequences, uh, Mayor Robert Garcia did a presentation at a... Uh, he called it the Building a Better Long Beach... Uh, it was an economic development summit. And he basically just went up and did... It, you know what it reminded me of? I don't know if you saw any of the Facebook clips. It reminded me of, like, an Apple, like, iPhone unveiling. It was like he had a, yeah. It was like a really slick presentation. It was really good. And he basically, like... Instead of hey, iOS has uh, night mode for iMessages. It was just like, hey, we're building uh, we're building a-, a bunch of new housing. You know, <laughs> um, I'm not, we don't have nearly the time it would take. We could do a whole episode just on this forum. Uh, Brian Addison and Melissa Evans have broken down a couple of the major components of it at obpost.com, and I highly suggest that you go read theirs. Um, one takeaway that I thought was really newsy. Um, because obviously a lot of these developments have kind of been reported on before, although there was some news that came out of this. One thing that Melissa broke down was uh, that the mayor said, quote, since since it came out that they've been talking with the angels about developing the arena parking lot, the elephant parking lot. Which we still do not know what the actual date of that is, the quote-unquote time they started. Yeah, We're still not yeah, quite yeah. sure. But since that became public, the city has received quote a flurry of interest <laughs> from major organizations and players. And I think this is something you and I brought up right oh, away. You don't say which is well. I think once people hear, to be honest with you, yes, it would Angel Stadium be a game changer? I mean, obviously. But once people hear the words, "We have the same footprint as LA Live," I think yes. that's going to perk up a lot of ears. And so, um, I've said all along. I mean, I just think. Personally, Long Beach is a major league town, but that could support a minor league sports team. Like, kids who grew up here loved when the Ice Dogs were here. Some people liked the Armada. (laughs) 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 Um, But I just think, like, we have, you know, uh, Steve Lowry here at the Post wrote a column about... Um, since the Sparks played in the Pyramid, about well, should the, should should Long Beach be going after the Sparks to play in the Pyramid? Well, here's the issue with that: the Pyramid holds 5,000 people, and the Sparks get an average home attendance of 10,000 people. But that would be a perfect mid-sized basketball arena, not yeah. like the Staples Center that could be built in Long Beach. Same thing with the Lakers G League team. Mm-hmm. Like instead of having these people play in a cavernous Staples Center. What if you build a 15,000 seat or that's not run down the way that the arena is? Would be a great and place Tried to get a mid level a WNBA team or a G League team like a mid level draw pro sports team. Would be a great place to host tournaments as well. How
1: many tournaments are yes. in Honda Center half filled?
0: Well, yes. That's come, it. come to the beach. That's exactly what I was thinking. When Before before our time, like Long Beach, the arena used to host that stuff. They hosted NCAA regionals and stuff in the arena. It's obviously not in a state to do that anymore, right. but a new facility could be. Absolutely. And nobody likes going to the Honda Center, bro. No. <laughs> uh, okay, so definitely go check out uh, Brian and Melissa's coverage of that um, at obpost.com. Like I said, really great breakdowns from them. Um, finally, this is... Uh, off air, this might be the story that you and I have actually talked about the most. And I just we I missed the update on this last week. So I wanted to get in this week's show. Um, There was uh, in April, April 1st, although this was not an April Fool's joke, (laughs) a Long Beach bus driver uh, was arrested after having drunkenly plowed a bus into 14 parked cars near Pacific and Anaheim. Um, last Friday, he pleaded guilty to charges that he was uh, driving drunk. I think that's, I don't think he had much of a shot to not. Either drunk or asleep. Um, so he, or he, he was charged with 16 misdemeanors, 14 counts of hit and run, along with one count each of driving under the influence of alcohol and with uh, blood alcohol content over 0.08. Um, so he pleaded guilty. He obviously lost his job. We're yes. aware of that. We're as being. so considered i think part of this punishment uh and he got probation your thoughts
1: (sighs) this is (laughs) so beyond ridiculous that our if you want to call it that justice system is based on how many people you actually hurt yes this why is, is that the case i have no idea this guy basically puts an entire city block at risk Because of his irrational and irresponsible behavior. And because nobody happened to be getting out of their driver's side vehicle at that time, he's just getting probation.
0: Yeah, and let me be clear I have never in my life advocated that someone should get more jail time than they (laughs) (laughs) they ended up getting, except for perhaps like sexual assault cases (laughs) where you go, why isn't this person in jail for the rest of their life? Yeah. But this was one where a sports. A commonly used sports term that I actually think about quite a bit in my day-to-day life really sprung to mind for me, which is we should never accept in victory what we would not accept in defeat. And I think especially for coaches who are working with kids, it's such a great line that it's like, Hey man, you missed this tackle. We ended up still winning the game, but
2: that that. might've
0: been the difference. And so it doesn't matter more because it wasn't the difference. You know, it doesn't matter less because it wasn't the difference. Similarly, like, like you said, dude, what if fourteen people had been getting out of their cars as this happened? This guy could have killed fourteen people and doing the exact same thing that he did. A bit different sentencing. Yeah. Considerably <laughs> a bit. different. Anyway, um, wild story. Uh, Glad, I guess, that the case has been resolved. Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a brief conversation about more woes at the Queen Mary. And then we'll be joined by our friend Stephanie Rivera to talk about her new podcast at The Post, as well as the coming regulations on the vaping industry. Stick around.
1: As you well know, we do a sports podcast here as part of our partnership with The Post. And this week on What Up Long Beach, we're talking about a variety of issues, including a new piece of merchandise that we're going to be giving our subscribers, a question that may never be answered, the athletes of the week, and much, much more. It's What Up Long Beach, our weekly sports show here with Long Beach Post. You can find it wherever you find your fine podcasts.
0: Question, how sick are you of talking about the Queen Mary?
1: <laughs> I don't, to be honest with you, I actually got shout-out to my father-in-law, Ray. It was his birthday. My mother-in-law, Lyd, surprised him with a pontoon boat that we got to take out. And sitting on that pontoon boat looking at the Queen Mary... It'll never get old. I got to be honest with you.
0: Well, as it turns out, that's the appropriate distance to be viewing the Queen Mary from. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, it'll never get old was also <laughs> pun intended. Kelly Puente at the, uh, at the post has a great story up. She's gotten some uh, inspection reports that are new. Um, you guys may remember a while ago, we've talked about this several times in the show, it was revealed that it was like a nine-figure repair bill to get the Queen Mary kind of up to code. Um, And as such, the city hired engineer Edward Pribonik uh, to do regular inspections. He's been been working doing that for a couple decades, but he's been hired by the city to do that um, for them. And a a report obtained by The Post, uh, these are reports from April through June, um, basically says that, yeah, it's a wreck. I mean, it's a huge, huge problem. (laughs) Um, And specifically- The
1: euphemisms here are-
0: Thick. Specifically, with the Dark Harbor event coming up for October, the report says uh, that's a specific, really big hazard. He said, "Quote: There's been no noticeable activity to repair deficient wiring in the maze areas. The continuing lack of response to this and other issues discussed creates significant doubt about the maintenance and safety upkeep of the property." Um, and you can go through <laughs> you can go through Kelly's story, and you'll see like. Part of the reason that there have been all these issues is that everything costs more money than people think it will on the ship. So there was, for example, on the repair like assessment they did, they were like, we have a six-figure, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar thing where we need to upgrade fire safety. Well, as it turns out, no one had done anything with the sprinklers there in like 30 years. So it completely had to be replaced. It cost $5 million. So this like two or $300,000 expense turns into a $5 million expense. If that happens 150 times over the course of a month, guess what? You're out of money before you even got going on your list of repairs you have to make.
1: You know what BOAT stands for? (laughs) Break out another thousand.
0: (laughs) Yes. In this case, break out another thousand
1: millions. (laughs) They are just money pits. We all know this. I still believe that the Queen Mary is worth saving. I think there's probably a way to save it where it's not sitting in the water, but that's an entirely different conversation. But I do believe that the future of a successful... Queen Mary site here in Long Beach includes a lot more events outside the Queen Mary, yes, in that area, more things going on that will obviously raise the revenue for that group of people but also raise the visibility for the Queen Mary because it's a great backdrop of everything I mean you're not having those you know taste like summer uh, whatever music festivals on the queen Mary it 's just next to the Queen Mary,
0: and you hear the thing go. Buh you know, during the concert and it's funny and everything cool. else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So
1: more of that, I think is the way that you save the Queen Mary because I'm sorry, I, it may be a while since I've been to dark Harbor, but isn't the majority of dark Harbor actually not on the boat?
0: No, it, there's, uh, there's quite a bit of it is on the boat. And but there is some stuff that's not on the boat too, and, right? Yes. But okay. specifically the issues which were brought up in the report is there's a lot of stuff that's not in the, that's in the areas that aren't usually public on the boat. And so those are the areas that have gotten fewer, coats of paint on the (laughs) obviously because that's where the ghosts live right uh you know there's some pictures in this story i mean you and i have done some these facilities are in a bad state stories before so we're familiar with what these look like a few um there's some pictures of like carpet being held down by duct tape which is apparently very common in public areas etc etc i feel like the city needs to decide what to do here and then i feel like we need volunteers. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like we need, I like like that. And I understand. I don't usually, I I don't ever volunteer my time for someone else's private business, but like if we've decided that as a city, we need this boat, there's people in Long Beach that could come redo the carpeting in a few hours. That's very true. I mean, and like, I kind of feel like we might need to think of this as a, even though it is a gajillion dollar project owned by a company, we might need to think of this as like a historical society project rather than, a floating list of problems to be fixed by someone else. Save our Bluths. There you go. (laughs) Save our Queen Mary's. Uh, All right. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be back in a second with Stephanie Rivera. We are joined by Stephanie Rivera, one of our favorite reporters here at the Long Beach Post. Stephanie, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I've got to stop saying everyone's one of our favorite reporters because <laughs> then there's like there's someone who hasn't been on the show in a couple of months who's like, Mike and JJ hate me. But- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, welcome on. We've got a couple things we want to talk to you about, um, both of which I'm super, super interested in. The first is you have a new podcast. So yes. can you tell our podcast listeners about your podcast? I think it's really awesome and uh, super valuable.
2: Yeah, it's and it's really a long time coming. It should have been earlier on. But um, I had uh, spoke with a longtime journalist, Antonio Ruiz of Palacio Magazine, and he approached me months ago asking about collaborating on doing a podcast about immigrant success. And that's the name of the series. And it's basically...
0: I love any podcast where you go, what's the podcast about? Okay, well, that's what we should call the podcast. Yes. You know- <laughs>
2: easy easy to find you can find us on all platforms um our director of operations Dennis has us on all of the SoundCloud app all that stuff so you guys can find it there too but it's you know like I said it's immigrant success and it's immigrants in Long Beach there's over 25 percent immigrants living in Long Beach so and all kinds you know I, I already know I have um, lined up for uh, Filipino Kamai you know all different types so I, those are the three main that we have but I, I'm reaching out to all walks of life and I welcome residents to send me an email or DM me if you have any suggestions too. Um, and we're just trying to highlight and spotlight what is kind of overlooked and we don't really get a chance to shine a lot. So, And it's easier to do it in audio format sometimes for me, it can kind of get tied up with things if I'm writing something and I feel like just with audio conversation, I just makes it easier too.
0: It is definitely easier. JJ and I have, we've been doing our sports show since like 2006 or something. I mean, we've been doing it for a long time and we've always loved the podcast format mm-hmm. be- because of that. And you sort of take, I, I enjoy writing uh, profiles of people, but I also enjoy the podcast format where you can just sort of remove yourself from the equation kind of. And it's just like, well, here's the person, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is a, a little bit easier to get to know them if they're just talking to you for a half hour. Um, yeah, I, I, I love what you said about what. So first of all, why don't why don't you tell us about the first episode? Because I know the first episode's out like right now, right? Yes, they
2: just uh, we we launched it Monday, and it's uh, Servando Orozco. He's a long time. Long Beach resident and entrepreneur he owned a couple of auto service shops and his story is pretty fascinating just starts off I you know wanted to find out how he started how he ended up here in America and right away he talks about um, the gunshot wound that kept him here it was supposed to be a three month stay because he was as a groupie for a Mexican band which <laughs> I found out to a band that my parents went to go see when they're in the 70s and 80s and it was hilarious to make that connection but um, yeah he was a groupie for that band and he just happened to be one night in Compton wearing the wrong Wrong colored shirt, a wrong time, and um, he got shot. And the police wanted him there for for the investigation. And that's how he ended up there. And he was um, staying at a friend's place who also owned an auto shop. And that's how he was able to kind of, like, get his interest in there.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is uh, that is fascinating.
2: Yeah. Yes. So it's, like, <laughs> things like that, it's like, oh, I didn't even know. So it's, and it's, you know, gets readers to kind of listen and hear me as I'm finding everything out. And it's almost like the reporting process in real time. In that.
0: Yeah, f- right, exactly. Yes, and so people can be surprised along with you when you're making those mm-hmm. connections and things like that. Well, I, I love what you said about all of the different different places people immigrate to Long Beach from. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the Southeast Asian, like large scale immigration, when I was a kid is probably the biggest, since white people moved here from Iowa in the 1880s, right? That's probably the the biggest cultural change Mm -hmm. that happened to the city. But there's you've done some great coverage on the the rise and the political activism of that community, but it has like largely been uncovered. Do you know what yes. I mean? Like it has those stories really have not been told in the way that I grew up. Like my I have a very stereotypical Italian immigrant family. Like they came through Ellis Island, they ended up in Little Italy, and then New Jersey. And like there's a million movies about Little Italy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like <laughs> it's very easy for me to go back and see those stories, but that's what like hollywood and stuff was interested in telling but we haven't really told and even like the you know newspapers and organizations have been around for that. I haven't really told those stories even, in a large scale way
2: and even now when i do write about that or mention that it's tied to oh some kind of immigration ice raids or you know, almost in a negative light i don't get right. to really shine it on just for what it is and so this i'm hoping will help make um, or help expose those stories even more
0: yeah well that's awesome i'm really glad you're doing it um, the name of the podcast again is immigrant success If you don't already subscribe, which I do, make sure you go and sign up wherever you're listening to this podcast. As Stephanie said, their podcast is available in the same place. Um, Mm -hmm. Okay. Dramatic uh, gear change. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The big story that you've sort of been on top of right now, which I was just telling you off air, I'm sort of just understanding how big of a story it is, um, is all of the uh, state health, federal health concerns regarding um, people vaping or using e-cigarettes. Can you just give people a primer on that? If they're like me and they don't, smoke at all and they're just like oh I don't know like I don't, they don't know anything about it you know like what's going on
2: basically um, health officials are trying to investigate what's happening and causing over 500 people nationwide to get sick from vaping both e-cigarettes and cannabis um, handful of deaths as well throughout the country two in California
0: and just to pause you there when you say getting sick what do you what do you mean by that
2: so it's um, it's affecting your lungs it's it, the way I saw in one uh, report being shown is that it's making your lungs especially especially if you're a uh, constant smoker, show like in 70-year-old's lungs, like Mm. really bad. So it's coughing, it's um, kind of flu-like symptoms, similar to that. Um, So it's all affecting your lungs. And it could be folks who have been using it for a long time or just someone. um, What we're looking at, too, is could be uh, connected to the black market. Okay. So you can have like, you know, you get a vape pen, you use it up, and, and then you start feeling these symptoms. So that's what the health officials are trying to figure out. Where is it coming from? Who are the makers to pin down to? And right now, um, it's just kind of a widespread panic.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, because as you said, like if it's a long-term thing, I would imagine the fear is oh, does that mean this is sort of like the tip of the iceberg, right? That like, oh, in two months, is this going to be like thousands of people or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. else? So what what's happening at the local level? Like what kind of changes or, or uh, action are we going to see in Long Beach about this?
2: So um, I think just last week the health department put out um, announcing that in Long Beach there were two cases of uh, the vaping illnesses reported. And I guess with that in mind, Councilwoman Susie Price is putting on the agenda for next Tuesday, for Tuesday, October 1st, um, considering uh, to basically temporary ban vaping products. It, from what I'm reading so far, and I have to uh, look into it more, it's just for e-cigarettes, because um, I know for the cannabis community, they do have uh, strict regulations with that. Right. Um, not to say that there could be more coming because of this, but so far from what I'm reading of the agenda item, it's just for e-cigarettes, and who knows how, where that can kind of change later on.
0: Right, for sure. So you said that'll be a next week city council meeting, so that will come up, and I'm sure um, anyone who's interested in following along with that story can check out Stephanie's great work at lbpost.com, follow her on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle?
2: Uh, StephRivera88.
0: Okay, so definitely check that out, follow that along, and uh, I guess depending on what they decide (laughs) to do next Tuesday, maybe we'll have you on again to, uh, to to talk about it, but thanks for all the awesome work you're doing, and thanks for coming on the show.
2: Thanks. Glad to be here.
0: Our thanks to Stephanie for joining us, uh, one of the busiest people in town. Always got a bunch of good stories going on, and uh, I will def- I really do, now that she's not in the room anymore, I still want to really recommend her podcast. I thought it was really a uh, very well-done look at a kind of story, as she mentioned, that doesn't get enough attention in the city. So go check out Immigrant Success uh, right now. I mean, just pause this podcast, go subscribe, and then come back to this podcast. Okay, we're going to wrap up with our Long Beach Soapbox. This is just a little 30 seconds for JJ and I to talk about something we're happy about, angry about, whatever. I do have a little bit of a, uh, an axe to grind here, and we referenced it earlier with... Uh, the, you know, the Parkland students who put together this TV spot about um, gun violence at schools with uh, I also don't know how to pronounce her name but Greta Van Thornburg um, you know, taking on the climate change issue um, stop telling kids that they're not old enough Thank you. to participate in anything I, I just I, I really the joy to me of us getting to work with high school kids is that they don't know yet the limitations of what they don't, they're they're not cynical yet because they haven't been exposed to bureaucracy, to people, um, not caring enough to all these things. That's good. We should be more like that. Not, they should be more like, Oh, let's trim our sails and figure out a meaningless, you know, thing we can do. (laughs) Like if the kids are passionate about something, they're going to be here after we're gone. Okay. Like, let them figure out what they're passionate about and then let them try and convert that energy and that optimism into something actually getting done. Because I don't know. I know a lot of Democrats. I know some Republicans. None of us are, like, happy with the way our federal government operates. Even if you're a fan of President Trump, you don't think Congress is awesome. So why would you want that kind of mentality to seep its way into high school kids? Like, If if what you believe is that she's wrong, then go find some passionate 17-year-old that you can support who believes the opposite of what she believes. But, like, I saw so many grumpy old people in Long Beach on Facebook commenting on these stories going, oh, why should we listen to her or wherever else? Don't listen to her. That's fine. But don't say that she shouldn't be doing it because she's 16. And that's so stupid to me. Without question. You just got to teach them well
1: and let them lead the way. That's it. Show them all all the beauty they possess inside. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Uh, You're absolutely right. I totally agree. My soapbox moment is a quick one. If you're using a pedestrian crosswalk across a busy road that isn't connected to some sort of stop sign or a light, don't play it like a game of chicken or truth or dare. don't just start walking across like wait for a break in traffic make eye contact with the driver of the car that's headed at you. I had to stop very quickly and this guy just looked at me and like gave me a thumbs up like I was, was the it one who noticed, That's what I do. who noticed him. <laughs> it's like, this is Ocean Boulevard. You're right. nowhere near a light. You just got to make eye contact with people. Like, don't just dare someone not to notice <laughs> you. I- I'm sure he got a huge thrill out of it. I'm sure his girlfriend or wife he was walking with was not, was as, no, was, was not
0: as pleased. Was not so happy. Uh, I'm very happy I've got to cross a major thoroughfare with my kids to walk to school every morning. And I'm, I would just say this. I'm very happy there is a crossing guard there. Because the number of people who've had to screech to a halt in front of her is, like, shocking to me. And that
1: one actually has one of the blinking lights on it's it. It's got the blinking lights and it's got a crossing guard. Some of those ones on Ocean don't have the blinking lights. So you're basically just walk, looking for a jaywalker. Straight up. Because it's hard to see the crosswalk in the, in the... Everybody walk and drive safely, please. Yeah, please. But
0: thanks for joining us for the Long Beach More 30. eye contact, everybody. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Subscribe to us. Leave us a review. And we'll see you next week, Long Beach.